Hello and welcome to OK, Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. I'm Dave Yost and I'm here today with uh, Deja Harden. Uh, how's it going, Deja? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Uh, very good. And uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, talking about the gender gap. So not at all controversial there. <laughs> um, Deja, a little background on yourself. Well, um, I received my master's in economics and policy analysis. Um, you know, I was in your class. <laughs> yeah, we, guest three for three uh, for a fellow DePaul student. Yep, so, so fortunately, DePaul uh, puts out or produces some pretty stellar economists. So yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm dipping into a quality pool here. <laughs> and right now I work as an analyst in the derivatives market in a large bank. Right. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, so uh, you know uh, the we you know dealing with the the gender gap, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, uh, there are plenty of st uh, st uh, statistics out there that uh, assert that there is a significant gap in income between men and women. Uh, typically, it's estimated about seventy-seven cents on the dollar. Yes, um, and so. You know the problem with this issue, and the the, the reason why we want to uh, wanted to cover it on the show here is, um, you know, the the typical reason we cover any issue on this show is uh, we're talking about a very complex topic that usually only gets about seven minutes of coverage <laughs> uh, on a media outlet. <laughs> And most of that time is spent with two people shouting at each other, which just isn't really a productive way to talk <laughs> about it. So, uh, for th for this one, uh, for this particular uh, topic, I, I want to format the show in a way where we we sort of unpack the issue. So you've got this this kind of shocking statistic. You know, women for every dollar a man makes, women make seventy seven cents. And and I know you know you you read through some of the um, op eds and editorials about this, you get that kind of immediate. That there are some out there who give that kind of immediate knee jerk of where, where they their brain shifts to the anecdotal yes. of well wait a minute I don't make 23 cents more than my female co-workers yeah. therefore there's not a problem right or you've got you know uh, a guy working a, a blue collar job and, and you know he's like well wait a minute I work you know my 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 you know I work as a mechanic or I work as a truck driver and I see women all the time who are doctors so mm -hmm. that can't be true right and they just deny the problem yes uh so we're, we're skipping you know this this is if 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 you've ever heard that statistic or if you're hearing it just now and you're like that's shocking that doesn't sound possible to me this is the show for you we're gonna, we're gonna unpack it piece by piece and and see you know where where the truth of the matter lies and then within the issue again what what are some of the causes we're looking at and and this will be one of those episodes folks where we probably give you more questions than answers uh, because a lot of this uh, a lot of the potential causal factors we're going to be talking about are incredibly difficult to quantify if they're true uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, we were talking before the show, Deja, I don't think we're going to crack this nut right. by, by the end of the uh, episode, but at least uh, we can kind of peel back the layers, examine it, 
and and see what may or may not have merit. So, I guess yeah. First off, uh, you know, going through uh, some of the again non academic literature yes. <laughs> uh, covering the subject, uh, there is a divide within uh, within those articles uh, where you've got one group uh, talking about throwing out theories about why there's a gender gap and another group asking if there even is one. Right. So Deja, uh, what do you think? Is there uh, an actual gender gap? Well, um, there absolutely is. And um, to put in either one of those categories, um, you know, it's just a subject that is not that simple. You can't just simply look at what you make versus your coworker um, or what you make versus someone who is in a position that um, will generally make more than you and say that someone there is or is not a gender gap. Um, I think um, there there are very there are many layers to mm. this topic. Um, there well we have to first look at what the decisions that um, women are making um, and not to say that women, deliberately make decisions that um like they want to make less i think that it's way deeper than that mm. and um we have to look at why maybe women make those decisions um well, and what we're taught okay. as a as women you know what were you gonna say oh no i was just gonna <laughs> say uh karen angus or agnes rather uh, in forbes disagrees with you uh and but no, i think it speaks to this of, of again when, when people write about this they or, or speak about it they tend to massively oversimplify yes they, they and and uh the this article by uh agnes in forbes was one of the shortest articles i've ever read it, it was uh or on the subject she really just wanted to deny it throw out a possibility of why it doesn't exist and then move on with her life. Right. Because her thing was that she suggests that, um, uh, she says, she literally says in the article, maybe uh, men uh, tend to work jobs that work 40 hours a week and women tend to work jobs that work 35 hours a week. Therefore, no discrimination. Right. Like that, it's, that was, it's extremely oversimplified. That was her equation. And it's, it's a, again. So no detail? Like, no. 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 And, and again, this is in Forbes, which, you know, you think. That's, and that's so interesting. That is, But, you know, it's very common. Like we have we have a lot of media outlets that just oversimplify it to that. But it goes a lot deeper um, because, well, for one, what are women taught? We are like, we have to really think about that. Like. Um, in the old times, the man would provide for his family and the woman would simply take care of her family, you know, and um, we can't, we're moving away from that model, obviously, like w more women ha have started to join the workforce since what, the 80s? Oh, yeah. Well, um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Yes, in the grand scheme of things. Women have been significant contributors to the American, well, and, and yeah, we'll keep this just national because uh, if we go global, there's right. there's even more nuance. Yes. We'll, we'll have to do another episode. <laughs> that on would that. be a whole other episode. Uh, but uh, I mean, r you know, really, since I mean, you, you get an uptick. Uh, well, obviously, you get an explosion of women in the workforce during mm -hmm. World War II. Right. Then they're all told to go home. Yes, like the guys are back. 
And then yeah. <laughs> you get an uptick throughout uh, the 60s, but really not that, that, you know, that kind of breakout mm-hmm. until, yeah, you know, 70s, 80s. Right. And so in the grand scheme of American society and the American labor force, women have been uh, allowed to contribute significantly to the workforce for about five minutes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when, when compared to the total timeline. So this is new. Uh, it does. It may not seem that way to us because I know you and I, you know, were, were born in a time where, you know, after a lot of that. So right. it, it wasn't really a controversial idea that women were holding jobs of significance right uh so you know growing up that way and then discovering that there's this massive gender gap is is a little shocking right um because you know i think we 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 don't like to believe that we were past that yes yes uh but apparently when you know that's interesting that you say that because i feel like when i was growing up we were told you know you can do anything you put your mind to and we we really believe that and i think that is another reason why people have this misconception that um, there shouldn't be a wage gap. Um, But really, um, it goes deeper than that because when you are a woman who is also a mom or also plans to be a mom um, and you also want to have a career, you you find yourself with this burden um, of thinking, like, how do I provide for my family while also taking care of my family? Like, Mm. I still have to take on this role as the mom. And you feel... Well, you feel like intuitively you have the tools to take care of your children more than maybe your husband does. So you want to find a way to balance work. You find this pressure to balance work and home life, like maybe more than, um, and this this is kind of a generalization because of no. course not everyone feels this yeah. way, but um, the societal norm is that you need to find a way to, well now, that you need to find a way to balance work and home life. Um, and I think that's why we may come across this gap because maybe the woman who feels that pressure is picking maybe she chooses to leave a larger company to go to a smaller company and make less because the smaller company gives you more lenient hours. Yeah. So on the census, you're shown as like, let's say a lawyer. I'm a lawyer, but I left this big firm to go to a smaller firm when I was 28 and had my first child well someone who was my coworker at the larger firm back when I was there makes a hundred thousand more than I do now because mm-hmm. I work at a smaller firm and I decided that I wanted to work at a firm that gives me work-life balance yeah. and because that guy he didn't have that burden and well and and, and I, I think um, you know you can yeah you take that that example and yeah, getting into that idea of, of a, a societal factor where, uh, I, yeah, as, as you know, you take the theory that um, women are uh, maybe not intentionally, maybe not overtly, but on, on a subconscious level, society is saying, right. you know, women, you need to find the balance between work and life. Yes. Men you just need to work right like that's those are our assigned roles in society yes and you know women you can stay home with the kids because that's your role to perform or you can work but if you work 
you're the one who has to, uh, you know, you know, find that middle ground where you can both work and tend to the family. Whereas again, the the kind of societal, you know, subconscious signals. It's way too many alliterations in one sentence. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> um, they, you know, for for men is hey, you just need to find the best job you can get and work as you know as hard as you are can at it yes you know if if it means not spending time with your your wife and kids uh fine yeah because the wife will have that taken care of yeah the wife will have that taken care of and if if she works maybe an equivalent job who's going to leave their job first probably the wife you know and 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 so you know you you have those those factors out there which again i think the, the, the kind of critical thing about that and and why that doesn't get talked about is one you, you can't point to like there, there's not a manual for society yeah there, there's, there's not there's not a guide where you can just go oh yeah according to section four paragraph three women you know the rules of, of American society says women should stay at home right but that idea is out there mm-hmm. and it's and it's prevalent. And, and it may very well be largely affecting what we see here as far as the gender gap. Yeah. Because it's, it's subconsciously pushing those signals out. And again, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think if you, uh, yeah, it's a, it becomes an issue of phrasing. Because if you put it to uh, a dedicated uh, homemaker or a mm. dedicated stay-at-home mom that uh, they are being pressured to do it uh, to yes. be that stay-at-home mom they're gonna say no I'm not I chose to do this because I, I find taking care of my family very fulfilling I yes. find taking care of the house very fulfilling I you know I I, I chose this role and right. they did I mean I, I have no question in my mind that they yes. did uh, but because these kind of societal signals are, I, I think, really, uh, again, a subconscious element, right. what you have to question is, okay, when you made that choice, was it entirely independent? You sat there, weighed right. weighed the variables, or... Was there an underlying yeah, was, was pressure? There, was there a, pressure? a little voice yeah. at the back of your head saying, well, no, I, I'm the one that should do this because I'm the woman? Yes. Um, and that's really tricky because if people were entirely cognizant of that little voice, it wouldn't be a subconscious factor. Like it it would be overt and you'd say, oh yeah, you know, somebody, you know, my, somebody once told me that that was my job as the woman. We can trace it back to that and, and, and definitively say, again, I think, I, I don't know if we're quite over the societal norms of the past and if we're not over them then they're still having an effect on on society today and yeah again that may be uh affecting the and and i guess the i'll start referring to the gender gap as a statistical gap uh, for a couple reasons one to emphasize that I'm, I'm in no way interested in anecdotal evidence on this. Again, uh, I'm sure any one of our listeners could 
uh, find a, a at least one example of a woman who makes more money than they do. Right. And go, of course. well, then there's no problem. So, But there, there are so many factors well, into that. And, and again, over the... Uh, you know the the aggregate of the entire nation. Yes, statistically, there is a very clear gap. Yes. Uh, the other reason I'd call it a statistical gap is because, uh, you know, it, like I say, the statistics kick out that number, but it mm-hmm. doesn't assign uh, necessarily a cause, right. and not all causes are malicious. Exactly. So. You know, again, the the example we were going through right there, women, you know, on uh, men, well, men and women on a subconscious level, because of you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of society being structured a certain way, and us only very recently, in the grand scheme of things, getting past that idea. Yeah. Well, well, I want to talk about that a bit oh. because. Um, I, I do feel like there is, well, obviously an underlying societal, um, you know, voice in the back of our minds, but I think that we need to exp- find a way, instead of saying whether, exploring whether or not there is a wage gap, mm. we should explore why there is a difference between in thinking of the wage gap. Mm. And I think we could take a look at other countries and the way we view, like, for example, um, I'm not, I'm not an... I'm not an expert on foreign policy, but um, the way we look at Middle Eastern countries, for example, um, we sometimes look at their cultures like um, women there and kind of look at them like oh, like they're just absolutely nuts for listening to their society um, because they're told that they should they should act a certain way. They can't look directly at men mm. in some countries. You got to cover, you cover themselves. And... If you ask them why, if you were to ask them why they act the way they do, they, I, like, I, I've spoken to women who have told me that they chose to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And um, that's a clear example of what you were saying. Um, like, like th- we, we can, as the outsiders, can look at them and see that they didn't completely choose that themselves, you know? Yeah, it, it's it, their, their society, how they were brought up, what they were told growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that if we look at that model and find a way to apply it to basically the way we think about gender norms here, it would basically unpack some of that oh, yeah. um, difference. Well, and, and, and again, the, you know, despite, you know, the, the tremendous strides forward towards, towards equality uh, between the genders you've had since the, you know, the, the 60s and 70s to today, uh, there are still, and and you, yeah, you can easily look out and find the uh, structural elements in society that still exist right. that are very gender biased. Again, um, if if you've got a uh, a couple who's been dating for a while, and it's about time to start thinking about marriage, yes, who's proposing? The man. Always. Yes. And it has to be that we, we We are not to a point yet where it's a crapshoot. You know, yes. really, whichever one beats the other one. I actually it. watched a proposal. I don't remember if it was a movie or if it was real life, but I remember <laughs> watching a proposal of a woman 
proposing to a man and then there was a woman in the audience was like that was just like get up don't embarrass yourself like this get up like she was just so upset about it but like that's exactly that's exactly what you mean like, well, well again it's it's that that right there to me is just like i say it's an indicator that for all the progress there's still you know some there's still work to go yes in that and and i think if you if you went to the average person on the street and said hey who should propose most of them are going to say the man Yes. And and then when you ask them why, I don't know if they'd be able to fully articulate right. why. I, I bet that everyone's answer would be different and unclear. I, well, and I think most of them would kind of, they'd be saying it differently, but most of them would just track back to, that's the way we've always done. Yes, and, yes, pretty much. And, and I know throughout my entire life, uh, to me, that that is always uh, uh, has always been the one truly wrong answer to questions like that. Is don't don't ever tell me that we do it this way because that's the way we've always done mm-hmm. it. Because that means you haven't thought about it, right? Uh, but again, that you know that right there, it seems like something small, but it, it's an indicator. Well, that, I think that's why we're economists because we like to think of things outside of because. We were told yeah, things uh, are this way. No, yeah. well, okay, I mean, yes, we've been told that, but let's break it down. Let's quantify it. Let's turn it into a formula, run it through a regression analysis, yes. and check our data. Uh, <laughs> let's in, prove this. <laughs> in, until you do that. Like, you know, well, let, let's prove it and then put a dollar value on yes, it. Yes, exactly. That, that, that's, that's true 10th level economics <laughs> is, is when you can be talking about, again, the, the gender gap, uh, run it through an equation, prove it, and then show uh, a, a number with a dollar sign in front of it for how much the gender gap is costing us as a society. Yes. Or basically take something very uh, vague and conceptual and yes. turn it into a single number with a dollar sign in front of it. That is pure economics. Well, what would you say we are losing? I mean, I know we can't, we can't quantify that right now, but like, what would you say we are losing if you could come up with like an estimate and like basically value period? Well, I mean, I think I, you know, for I, again, and well, earlier I said hundreds and hundreds, and really, what we're talking we're talking about millennia of lost potential because, uh, and we, we had talked about this a little before recording that you know the uh, the genius ratio for human beings is a mm-hmm. universal average. It does not distinguish their, you know, between gender, race, sexual orientation, anything. It, right. it is universal. You basically have the same statistical chance of being born with a genius level IQ no matter where you're born, no matter yes. who your parents were. It, it, it's a universal average. So, so genius is not ingrained into your genetic makeup. <laughs> it, it may be. I mean, there may be factors, yes. but statistically speaking, I mean, yeah, when you're getting down to the individual person, yes. if you take the chromosomes from their parents and, and trace it back, there may be some element of it. Yes. But, statist- but it's not physical genetic no. makeup. It's Statistically speaking, <laughs> it, 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 it is just, a, 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 a consistent average. Yes. So if you take 51% of the population and force them to stay in the kitchen, <laughs> you are missing out on, a lot. <laughs> on half the geniuses in the world. Yes. Uh, and, and I mean, we discovered this pretty quickly. 
uh, once women started entering the workplace is that you know they there there wasn't this inability to adapt the like again the the cream rose to the top you you had women who were just as capable of um you know advanced mathematics mm-hmm. uh, you know theoretical physics all this stuff immediately uh and you know once they were given once the door was open just a sliver right. they they burst through yes and the what they produced as part of entering the workplace even at lower levels uh you know early on uh we derive value from to this day yes i mean if you uh just do a quick scan of this year's oscar winners and you know there's plenty of examples of that yeah and again that would have been value that would have either had to have been compensated elsewhere so you're gonna if we hadn't you know brought women into those positions you're gonna have to find men to fill them men of equal intellect to fill them and then the question is well the thing that those men would have been working on now they're not so you know you take the the characters from uh hidden figures yes uh, i was just thinking about that movie (laughs) replace them all with men Send those ladies back to the back to the kitchen. Replace them all with men. The que- next question you got to ask is, well, what what were those guys working on right. before you you push put them into this position? Well, I have a question. And now for now you. that's dropped. I have a question for you. So, um, I think to deny the gender gap is to not, to deny like it just makes me wonder, right? Um, what 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 do you, what would you say about the men? Who, for example, in Hidden Figures, who, for some reason, they just wouldn't let women into their realm. Do you think that um, the existence of the gender gap is a reflection of the insecurities of men? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, well, and, and, and let me say, the, I, personally, I'd say yes, with a but. Because again, this is an economics podcast. Right. We we can't talk about anything without getting nuanced. About it. <laughs> uh, I I think the the only exception I'd take to that is uh, I'd say yes for some of them, or yes for all of them to varying degrees. Okay. So I don't know. I don't think all men are cripplingly in, yeah, insecure about having to compete against women. Some of them are. Okay. And all men might be insecure to, you know, you've got some men who are only 1% insecure and then some men who are 100% insecure and everyone in, everywhere in between. So I think it's a, a factor. I don't think it's the only one. I, I, you know, if you could flip a switch and get rid of that insecurity, you okay. know, if, if we could all just kind of uh, get over that, okay, magically men are no longer, uh, men no longer have any degree of insecurity about competing against women, I think you're still going to have a gender gap because there's more factors, more mm-hmm. more than just that. Like you might see... Now the gender gap is women are making 79 cents to the dollar. Yes. Uh, Do you think some men would be like, oh, no, they're catching up? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, but, but again, you also have to ask, well, what's that insecurity based on? Yes. Because why, why is it, again, if you, if you take 
average man and put you know put him in a job and then put somebody right next to him and you're literally putting them saying uh, whoever does better work keeps the job so we're very clearly making this competition yes uh and you put me next to them as their competitor right um you know they're that's that that's one version we're, we're gonna we're gonna compete then I take you and put them, put you next to that average man, and all of a sudden it's a different dynamic. Right. And, and you got to ask. So clearly there is some influence that the gender of your competition, the person you feel you're in competition with, has. And, right. and again, we're calling that insecurity. Right. But where does that insecurity come from? I wonder if it has something to do with. Um... Not specifically the gender of the person you're competing against, but the idea that maybe your wife could make just as much as you. Because would you lose your position as a man if your wife made as much as you did? Well, and again, or more. Uh, un, you know, unpack that one one more layer of uh, yeah. W- why is there a fear of your wife? making more than you like societal norms yeah it's, it's goes back to it's that <laughs> somewhere back in in the back of our heads it was just deposited you know by society over you know the years we were growing up that that would be weird because right. uh, i mean honestly at least on a on a conscious level i think about it and if if my spouse like if i if i was working a job making 50k a year and my spouse works a job making uh, 140k a year, and you know there's we're we're in a situation. Well, one, we're, if we're both working, to my mind, more's the better because you add those two. Right, you can and, put your income I, together. I, I, get, I get to I get to spend from the total. Pool. Now all of a sudden you're Not, in the six figure range. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of great. <laughs> I think so too. We're, we're gonna be we're gonna be moving to a much nicer house. Yes, and and to me, to, on a conscious level, I think about it and I go, well, yeah, it's irrelevant. Because like I say, we're pooling our income, so what's the big deal? Right. I can't tell you that if I was in a position where that was the case, I wouldn't feel a little insecure. Right. Because again, it, it's built in. Uh, society has pushed that. Yes. You know, societal norms have, have pushed this idea on all of us that that is, that is a lopsided equation. Right. You know, again, I should be making more than her. So, like I say, you know, and, and I think this is where, you know, that same kind of thing where you get that knee-jerk pushback where, you know, by saying there's a gender gap, it makes it sound like we're an incredibly overtly sexist society. And we'll get, I mean. it, we'll get into that. And, that, I mean, to a degree, yes, we are. But, but when, you, when you say that to, again, an average person, there's this knee-jerk of, of feeling like that's an accusation. Like, yes. you are overtly sexist. And they're like, no, I'm not. And so what you're saying, that there's a gender gap, must be not true. Because you're saying it's because I'm sexist and I'm not. Yeah. And and so, yeah, talking about it in those kind of, uh, in, in the oversimplified terms of, you know, editorial columns and, and 24-hour news, I think is really ineffective because you you induce that defensive reaction and again you're you're inducing that defensive reaction not just from men but from women yes this is true who you're you know hey you know ladies you should be really upset at this gender gap because you're being oppressed 
And you've got women out there going, no, I'm not. Right. Like, stop assigning uh, oppression to me. I don't feel oppressed. Now, again, just because people don't feel that way and just because people don't think about it that way on a conscious level, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not out there. Yes. Again, for as, as much as I can assert that consciously speaking, I would love it if, you know, my spouse were making three times as much as me and we pooled our income and, and you know we, we both got nice cars out of the deal right, right. <laughs> i can't say like i said until i'm in that situation yes it might it might gnaw at me a little bit i, I don't think know. i think as humans we rationally we're always looking for ways where we can provide provide value mm. you know and i think that we're already told we have these preconceived notions that men provide value again like by making the money and women provide value by taking care of everything else mm-hmm. in between and i it i think it's really hard for to to assign yourself to the opposite role you know mm-hmm. um so i could see, i could easily see any man who who would think that yeah the same way you are like oh yeah that would be great <laughs> when actually put in that situation to into, find it very it hard to cope with <laughs> and, and 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 like i say it's you know that's that's the tricky part of this because those societal factors even when we have gotten past them as a society on a conscious level like they're still there mm-hmm. and and again you go back to you know who does society think should propose marriage like and and without yes. thinking about it, people sort of say the man. Right? I I don't know if I myself as a woman still. I, I well, would admit I don't know if I myself as a woman could propose to a man ever. Well, no, and you get into that thing of like, or even ask a man out. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, it's really that bad. <laughs> you get you get into that thing of on a conscious level, you think, yeah, why not? You know, we're 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 striving towards being an equal yeah. society. Mm-hmm. What what would be the problem yeah. with? Uh, a woman asking a man out or or a woman proposing to her boyfriend right. instead of the other way around. But mm. then when you actually get to that uh, decision point in reality, your brain just, you know, in the, in the, the back, little voice. The, the stem of your brain is, you. is going, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it's tricky because, like I say, we can create uh, a fair system uh, as far as gender equality, we can, uh, you know, d- uh, definitively state that women are equal to men, mm-hmm. and all believe that. Right. And, and like I say, not you know, like I say, not just say it, but you could get all 325 million Americans to adamantly believe that on a conscious level, yes. and you're still going to have a gender gap, right. because they, we, we, the 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 old mores have not quite yet died <laughs> and 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 everybody's solution kill off the baby boomers <laughs> well um i mean uh, so i guess uh, like i say you've got this uh, clearly you've got a lot of this and, and and you know it's hard to say how much being affected by again this this kind of vague idea of societal norms yes. um now one you know one question to ask is again this this always comes up is and and I think people run to this as a way to prove or disprove just because unlike societal norms which are mm. 
the uh, academic equivalent of a gaseous state. You can't yeah. quite see it. You right. can't quite you know wrap your hands around it but it's there Mm -hmm. and uh so you know when people deal with this issue they i think they try to reach for more tangible uh explanations because if it's tangible then we can deal with it right uh and so i I mean how much do you think like and and let's just you know cover this to either confirm it or dismiss it overt conscious malicious sexism has to do with the gender gap um i think i don't think it's out of the question Mm. um overt discrimination is very hard to prove but i myself have had experiences with this um for example i used to work at an insurance company um i was on the sales support and of the um company and i have I have witnessed um, the sales reps, mostly men, the financial representatives there, Mm -hmm. mostly men. Um, I have witnessed a woman, um, a woman financial rep be told um, when she wasn't doing as well in the business um, that by another rep who is a man that, hey, um, if this doesn't work out for you, maybe you should be my assistant. Like he he literally told her that. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, and and I guess question in my mind on that is I mean, what I would be curious to know is if you could, you know, Professor Charles Xavier into that guy's brain as he's saying that. Yes. Is that uh, a sexist put down in his mind <laughs> or is he offering her a salad in, in his <laughs> in mind? In his mind, he's offering her a salad, but solid because I think that really... Um, from being in that culture, I noticed that the men or people there, not even just the men, the women, everyone there believed that men were the sales reps, women were the administrative people. Mm. And that's how that's how it's supposed to be. And um, it was a great company. Like it was like a family, but like it was like a family, you know, like that's what people see as a family. Like the women handle the organization. The men are out there seeing clients and selling doing the operations yes process. yes so essentially like you you see that a lot in sales-based institutions the men are the salesmen and the women are the admin and i think that's just a general thing that people believe that's how it should be you mm. know um well and and so i mean yeah you get into that tricky element where even something that that seems as over and I don't even want to use scenes. Let's say is mm-hmm. as overtly, uh, objectively sexist. Yes. As that, as the as the 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 manager saying, "Hey, if this doesn't, you know, if you know, implied when this doesn't yes, work yes. out, you can always be <laughs> my assistant." Um, again, you know, the the the, the kind of the the. Uh, hard thing to get over in that is is like like I said in his mind he thought he was, he, it's not a put down yes, yes. he's like hey you and know, I think he, that's where it gets tricky because I I believe that there are a lot of cases like this where people will say it and take actions like this and they they absolutely think that it means nothing yeah um, and that's the t- that's the tricky thing about discrimination because the person who's really affected is the one on the receiving end, right? Yeah. Um, well, and 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 like I say, the person doing the affecting doesn't 
like see it. and again genuinely and again i i tend to uh want to think the best of people mm-hmm. but i i really think like no, very few people in their minds are saying i'm doing this to subjugate a gender right <laughs> like right. i'm doing this because women need to stay in their place right. no it like to them it's no i'm gonna do her a solid right. i'm gonna let her know that when she fails at this uh she can still have a job with this company and i'm pretty sure that um, most of his cohorts are a bunch of men in suits just like him, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who just don't really, they don't, they don't see their discrimination because they, it's a, it's okay to them. Like they're just, they just sit there like, oh yeah, my, my assistant and yeah. I don't know. Well, and, and they like, think the same. Like you said, where, where that becomes really tricky in the, um, process of trying to then resolve an issue like that is when you call that guy out and say hey man that's that's pretty blatant sexism because in his mind he thinks he's doing her a solid he's like what are you talking about i'm i'm just being nice yes yes and and, you know here (laughs) i'm saving her job her career i go to try to be nice and i get tagged with sexism yes and and (sighs) i don't think he understands the layers to that because me me standing there and in listening to that, knowing that, knowing for one, the wage gap between what what a sales rep makes mm-hmm. and what maybe an assistant makes is so vast. It's just like, it, it just makes me wonder, like, was he thinking about that woman's career path and how, how, how much of a drop that would be for her in her career path? Because she clearly has high ambitions. She clearly wants an, a high income. Mm-hmm. She wants to be successful. And you're telling her, you're sitting here telling her that, hey, maybe you should be my assistant. <laughs> like, that's such a slap in the face. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. It, it, well, especially because, yeah, what, as, as an assistant, what what's her career track going to be? Yes. It's going to be to remain an assistant. Like, how much advancement is there really in the realm of being an assistant? Right. You know, uh, versus as a sales rep, you know, if, especially if you're getting paid on commission, if you're good at your job, you can you can be living very very nicely. Yes, they would they would they were probably making about three to four times more than those assistants mm-hmm. were. So that just and and again, if there is that, and like I say, unfortunately, it would be nice. I would love it if, and this sounds weird to say, but I would love it if that was a conscious overt decision mm-hmm. where the company says men are sales rep it is our policy that men are sales rep women are assistants because that's easy to fix like <laughs> Just to take away that policy yeah that, but, that's a simple solution but yeah when you but, get into this yes less malicious uh more yeah covert subconscious uh, gender stereotyping. Yes. That's really hard to fix. Like I don't yes. know quite, you know, where the 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 keystone is of that thought process that you could yeah. pull out and the whole thing collapses and all of a sudden the guy, uh, for lack of a, a better term, just because I think this term gets overused, uh, uh, this guy becomes woke. <laughs> <laughs> I've really come to hate that term. Uh, but woke is a state that is real. <laughs> so you have to, you have to just, you know. But yeah, like I have no idea how to pull the rug out from under that. 
just because it, it, yes. it's built from, you know, from the minute we all have, uh, you know, kind of that, that cognitive awareness. So yes. around four years old and, and, you know, we're, we, as children, we're absorbing what society is pushing out. Yes. That mentality starts to build. Yep. And yeah, I really don't know how to right. how to stop that. Especially, I because... I almost don't know where it begins because my five year old he he already thinks that way. Yeah. Um He he told me once like you're just a mom, and, and I, I I don't remember exactly what the context was, but it was just like what is that supposed to mean? Or sometimes he's just like, oh yeah, um, I don't play with dolls. That's for girls. Things like that, or like everything's for girls. Yeah. That is not about guns and. Play-Doh, I don't know, well, and, and then, chucks. <laughs> and then even at that, you know, elementary level, yes, uh, th- that has repercussions. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been plenty of studies out there that show that because uh, boys are pushed towards playing with blocks and girls are pushed towards playing with dolls, right. uh, boys develop, tend to develop, and again, this is statistical, not anecdotal, yes, uh, uh, better senses of spatial reasoning, yes. which is going to serve them better when they, you know, get into math classes. Right. So that's going to, uh, you know, it starts as this little thing, yes. this seemingly unimportant thing. Exactly. Of, you know, Janie wants to play with a Barbie doll and uh, Johnny plays with Legos. Yes. But play that out as the timeline progresses, the divide, the Becomes, seemingly insignificant yes. divide between Legos and Barbies becomes Johnny's taking calculus and Janie's taking home economics. Yes, exactly. And then play that out further. Right. And it just jo- Johnny is now making bigger thing. Uh, or J- Janie is making 77 cents on the dollar. Yes, yes. Like, That's exactly how it begins. And, and and it's just like what do we do about that because I as a parent did not consciously put a truck in front of my son, you know. Yeah. It just happens to be that one day we were in a store and he asked for a truck and I was just like, he likes trucks. So I gave him a truck, you know, and I don't know if maybe back in school that happened um, back in daycare. Someone told him like, hey, you play with trucks or not, you know. Well, I think it's it's because it's not coming from any one source. It's just kind of out there. Exactly. It's it's in the ether. And 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 much as we because I guarantee you, if if you had. Uh, if if your your child had not expressed any interest, yeah. clean slate, uh, and you walk into Toys R Us and you're gonna buy buy him a toy, you would have reached for the truck too. I probably would have. Uh, I probably and, would have. And and I I don't know as if like you could be the perfect gender neutral parent. Like you could do you you could break this issue down and figure out okay I need to make sure my daughter plays with Legos too yes. and then. You know, give my son some exposure to, uh, you know, uh, more. Uh, and again, it's a podcast for so for for what it's worth. Finger quotes, feminist <laughs> or f- feminine uh, toys and play type things. You could do all that. Yes. You could do that through their entire childhood, mm-hmm. and they're still gonna pick up on these societal right. signals because that, pretty soon <laughs> they create a gap. Little Johnny will be like, "Why are you giving me this doll?" And yeah, chuck it. Well, tell he, you that this is for girls. Well, at some, at some point, he's going to go play with his friends, yes. and he's going to bring his Ken doll. Yes. And they're going to make fun of him for exactly. it. Exactly. He's going to throw away the Ken doll and start playing with trucks. Exactly. Again, you, you can't 
unless you're B.F. Skinner, you cannot raise your child in a vacuum. <laughs> and even if you are B.F. Skinner, you probably shouldn't have done that in the first place because exactly. that's horrible. Uh, but, yeah, you can't isolate them in a box and only expose them to what would be gender neutral, a gender neutral upbringing. Uh, it's just, again, society's all around us. Yes. If they watch a minute of TV they're getting exposure from a different source. If they play with any other child, mm-hmm. they're getting exposure from sources outside of your control. Right. And because, again, we still have these weird, unspoken biases built into the just kind of thought process of our society. Exactly. It's really hard to to break that cycle because it's not it's not a tangible thing you can change you can't like reach into someone's brain and say take that out like it just doesn't work that way and so i I, you know i'd like to believe that again those kind of old notions are Mm -hmm. slowly dying yes i think so i think and i think it comes with conversations like this Mm. i think that every it's incremental change Mm. and i hate I hate the notion of incremental change because I feel like it's overused, especially by the Democratic Party this year, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're not in that right now. But um, I, Well, I think the other problem with incremental change is, one, I, one unfortunately, it's, it's a, a reality that, yes, change does come in increments, but it, it the incremental change as a catchphrase is a yes. great way of saying, hey... Uh, stop protesting. Right, We're making right. incremental change. Exactly. It's, like, it shouldn't be used as an excuse. Why are you getting a... so upset? Yes. We're improving. You know, we're on an upswing. We're on an upward trend. And again, you know, I, to, to the people upset over whatever issue we are experiencing incremental change over, it could be, again, gender inequality, racial inequality, anything. Pick it. Yes. I think the problem is people like to say, like, Hey, look where look where we were fifty years ago. Yeah. And look at today. We're talking about it today. We didn't talk about it fifty years ago. Well, and and, and two things on that is one that's great for my great grandchildren. Yes, because <laughs> they'll be doing great. But what about me today? Right. I mean, and will it be great for your great grandchildren? Because with the existence of technology and the way that the workforce is heading, um, we don't have a bunch of women in tech learning to mm. program. Like we should in order to close this wage gap, will it just will it get worse? Mm. Could it get worse? You know. I mean, and and it, it especially with uh, and and I I want to do a uh, larger group forum episode sometime in the future where yes. I, I get we get like five or six people and we talk about uh, ideas of about the new economy because I I do think you know the U.S. economy is in a transition point. We yes, are, for we're, sure. We're, we're transitioning into a different kind of economy than mm-hmm. the industrial age that we've known right. uh, ever ever since, you know, Eli Whitney created the cotton gin. Exactly. Um, so as, you know, as, in that transitionary period that we're in, you know, we're going to come out the other end of this and the economy is going to look very different. And if there isn't, yeah, if you have that, like, let's say, just as the example, that the big, what's going to replace the manufacturing sector as the predominant industry in the U.S. is computer programming. Well, if there is this gender gap 
where women tend to not go into computer programming, then yeah, you're going to see the the pay gap, the income gap widen. Exactly. Because all of a sudden now we have this economy that is largely like if you can't do computer programming, your basic your choices are, you know, working at McDonald's. Yes. Uh or, you know, being a janitor. So like you would see an explosion in the gender gap if that were the case. And again, that's a very simplified version, but just that idea that, yeah, you can't take it for granted that this number is going to keep getting smaller. Yes. I I equate this to the Ronald Reagan era tax reform. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you think about it, um, how he basically leveled the tax the tax rate for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that essentially puts a bigger emphasis on how much someone who's a one percenter makes. So basically they're making a lot more than mm-hmm. someone who's poor. And, yeah, you know, yeah. so that's what widened the wage gap. Um, if you're an economist, yeah. you know <laughs> but <laughs> I was speaking like economics a little bit, but um, well, it's, it, you're on the right place for that. Yes. yes. <laughs> so um, I, I see it affecting um, society that way, whereas I feel like right now we're putting a big emphasis on um, paying people who people who know computer programming and who are really savvy with tech are making a lot more, and we see that right now. Mm. And I just wonder because we're putting so much emphasis in men in tech, like men men are the predominant, yeah. um, you know, receivers of this wage wage increase from knowing tech because from, they're, from, they're, they're the predominant well they're, they're getting channeled into yes, that yes they're getting like, channeled yeah, into men, that like men, so men not, not directly like not purposely but that's that's what's happening right now mm-hmm. and I feel like we're going to see the same gap I could mm-hmm. I could imagine that happening if we don't do something about women in tech well and and like I say that gets us now around to so again yeah the, the clear clearly there's a gender gap unfortunately a lot of what's driving it seems to be again these these societal factors which are are tricky to create resolution to so um yeah again in kind of the the spurious logic of uh the the mass media out there uh reading another article uh by uh, bryce covert which is, I mean, I mean, I don't agree with the article, but that is an awesome name. Uh, <laughs> I do like that name too. <laughs> Bryce Covert, writing for Think Progress, uh, was talking about this issue, and he, he, he was uh, citing the General Accounting Office's uh, a- analysis of the gender gap. And uh, he pointed out that the GAO can't account for 20% of the gap. And now... That might sound weird to the average listener. You and I, having run things through Stata, know that basically he got an adjusted R square yeah. of 0. 0.80 for his. The, the GAO got a, an adjusted R squared of 0. 0.8, uh, yeah, 0. 0.80 for their the equation they ran through. Right. So you've got 20% of the equation couldn't be accounted for by the variables plugged in. Yes. Uh, Bryce says another study, and he literally says another study, but doesn't cite what that study is. Right, right. Which, uh, Bryce, you gotta, you gotta put a little, little more effort. Uh, uh, he I says mean, that's a, that's um, the blog journalism we have these days, yeah, you know. <laughs> but another study uh, couldn't account for forty percent of the gap, which whatever variables they plugged into their regression 
they got an adjusted R squared of 0. 0.60. Yes. Uh, therefore, discrimination. <laughs> Again. Wait, but did he ever say what they found? No. <laughs> Nor did he say I. I'd be. I and and, and, and uh, I. I. I do need to to look up the GAO study he cited because I'd be interested in what their equation was. Yes. What were the variables they plugged into the uh, the right side of the equation? Because um, I'm sure they're fascinating. Yeah. Like yeah. But again, you know, one of the things. Where did you find this? <laughs> oh, Google's a wonderful tool. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think this one I got by Google searching gender gap myth, which unfortunately, if you type gender gap into Google, gender gap myth is the third option yeah, that pops yes. up, which... <laughs> which means that many people believe it's... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, and, and again, the, to his credit, Bryce Covert is talking about uh, the gender gap being real. Uh, but, uh, like I say, it's, you know, yeah, there is this unaccounted for section. Now, he's filling that unaccounted for section with what he describes in the article is, again, this overt discriminator, you know, proof that there is discrimination. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't recall, I'm pretty sure he wasn't saying necessarily, yeah, overt like, you know, a bunch of dudes in suits sitting around a conference room laughing at how they're making sure women make less than yes, they do. Yes. Like, again, it's never it's never that villainous, uh, issues like this. That, you know, men, most men, I don't think, are sitting at home twirling their mustache, thinking of ways to keep women down. Yes. Um, which, again, kind of too bad. Because that would be easy to yes, fix. Yes, it would be easy to fix. <laughs> if, if, if that were the issue. I, don't, I mean, I don't think so either. Uh, I think it's, it, it, like we were saying. Well, no, and, and again, you, the... you run into these again, kind of, these very difficult to quantify uh, factors. Like like what yeah. we've been talking about, these, these societal factors right. that is really hard to put a number to and it pains me as an economist to ever say that because right. i feel i should be able to quantify everything exactly but uh yeah it's really hard to and, and and it's hard to then estimate how much of an influence that has but if you know i i think if if we can't uh, it, it it's of value if we can't quantify the 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 source uh, the the actual cause, which it, I, I think for the most part would be again these kind of vague uh, societal factors. Yeah. Then it may be of value for us to quantify the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So again, if, if we it, we'll take our our working theory and say that yeah, it's just the way society has kind of built our brains. Right. So what do we see as a result of that? Uh, and, you know, you've got... Because when you find uh, articles, both academic and not, that point towards, oh, the cause of it is... Well, like Karen Agnes, who says women work 35 hours a week, yeah. men work 40. Again, she, I, she does not point to any statistics that demonstrate that. But let, let, let's assume that's the case. Yes. So... 
five hours. <laughs> she literally, wait, she literally <laughs> tried to do a fraction. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, just. This is oh, hilarious. Work, Every work, time I think about it. They, they just work less hours. Um, you know, like I say, Karen. Fractions, I, duh. Well, and, and, and hey, she's, she's going for that. Maybe we're overcomplicating the issue idea. And I'm going to go super simple. That's cool, Karen. And maybe you're right. But like, <laughs> let let let's see some let's see some, you gotta show I'm, you gotta I'm show sorry. your work on this one. Like, this is just like ridiculous. like aside from just lopping five hours off the work week, but let's assume Karen's right on that one. That uh, you know, you and I sat down, we pulled in all of this census data, yes. ran it through the equation, and sure enough, the average work week for a woman is thirty five hours. The average work week for a man is forty. Again, it's not. Anyone listening to this, don't don't glom onto that as a solution. But let's let's assume for a minute that we're true. The problem is she never asked the next question. Why is that? Why would woman want to work thirty five hours a week rather than forty? Yeah, again, and that that is, is the underlying question. Is, is it a conscious decision? Is right. is a woman going? No, you know what? I think I'm pretty good at thirty five. Yes, yes. Those other five hours, you know, and then I, I wanna, and then I wonder why she. Is she ever thought why? Because it's just like, why are we lazy? Like, is that is that where she was going with that? You know, <laughs> only, only women want to leave work at four o'clock to try to beat traffic. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but again, yeah, she never takes it down that next level of like, okay, yeah, again. So do, do you have have you come across any like pieces that said that there were that either thought about this more deeply or said that, yes, there is overt, like, discrimination I, against women. Yes, unfortunately, the, the, the pieces I was I, I would read that, that spoke of the overt, again, the, like, you know, genuine, uh, very real discrimination. Um, yeah, the overt discrimination. It, it's all anecdotal. Yes. And uh, and unfortunately, a lot of the anecdotes are from the 1980s. Right, right. Not to not to say the the similar stuff isn't still happening. Yes. But um, yeah, you can't give me anecdotes on that. Right. I need I need you to show me because yeah, just because and and let's pick on. Uh, I'm gonna pick on a company. Uh, for our listeners, I have I have no data to support this. I'm just using it as an example, and I apologize to Goldman Sachs. Uh, they make enough money. I'm not yes. hurting their feelings. That I'm pretty much. sure that their women make a lot more than normal yeah. women. I mean, I know that because I know people who work at Goldman Sachs. But, but. but like I say, like you know, you may find an example, and and yes. like I say, I'm just using Goldman because like I say they're rich enough; they don't care what I have to say about yes, them. Yes. Uh, so you know that they'll you know they'll point to you know Goldman and say, well, there was a case where a female won a lawsuit against the company by uh, that was based on her being system systemically discriminated against, mm -hmm. uh, denied promotion, things like that. Right. And they'll go, see, it's overt discrimination, and I'm like, right. yeah, in that case. But you got to show me that that accounts for again twenty three cents right. on the you know uh, on average across the entire country. Yes. And again, like I mean, it's, it's just too hard to prove it because I feel like women we have we all have our own experiences where we mm -hmm. can be like, 
this person did this. Like, for example, there have been times where there was a time my my first job out of undergrad, I I tried to negotiate up. Well, I did negotiate up, but it it was a struggle um, because the the people who I tried to negotiate with, um, they essentially told me that. I shouldn't be negotiating, and then gave me a rough time about it. But I, but that's not the first, the first time I got a job after that. I was told that I, I was told by actually my family members like, don't negotiate. They're giving Ooh. you a good price, you know. And um, well, it was like older family well, members yeah, and, who like they're like, you, you have a good thing. You don't want to mess it up. And I think that women, we kind of have that. We have that ingrained in us, like. People are kind of just like, you have a good thing. Don't mess don't, this don't, up for yourself. Well, and, and we, we and, carry that. I find myself doing that sometimes. And like the question you got to ask too is, so, you know, in, in the in the first uh, the the first company you were talking about where they told you, you know, don't don't try to negotiate. Uh, yes. Uh, again, you you can. Uh, I guarantee you that, or well, again, I would be reasonably certain that that would bear statistical significance like yes. that's not just a, a you anecdote yes. if we compiled the numbers we could yes, find and er, if everyone if you ask that question to a bunch of women and they said yes or they, no, they yes. would say yes exactly so but here's the tricky part is are they telling you don't negotiate because you're a woman yes. or because you're a new hire and that's hard to prove well and 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 then again are they telling you not to negotiate because you're a woman, but in their minds, it's because you're a new hire? Yes. And you get to that like, third but level they, down. They think, of, they think they know why they're telling me that, but they don't. Yeah, well, and, and again, subconsciously, it is a gender thing. Consciously, again, in the front of their minds, it's, well, no, you've only been here, you know, a year or so. So, you know, don't, you know, we, we need to see, we, we would ask the same thing of you know any employee who had been right. here as short short as you have of course then you have to go back and look okay to do this as an experiment we would then need to literally as you leave that that office and you know as you walk out of your boss's office we okay. need to send in a man who yes. started the exact same day as you exactly who has all the same demographic markers except he's a man yes and have him ask for a raise right. and if he gets it then, then you're dealing with clear discrimination. But again, if they go, no, hey, you know, uh, you know, the the again male equivalent of Deja here. Yeah. If they go, no, you're a new hire. Stop asking. You guys need to stop asking right. for raises. Well, again, now it gets now it gets tricky. Yes. Uh, and and I did see uh, interesting statistics. And you know, again, I. It, Statistics do often come down to how you compile the numbers. Because right. one, again, it gets point to, pointed at as a causal factor. But I think based on the discussion we have, we know it's it's not. It's a symptom of mm. the root cause. Is uh, Studies have pointed to uh, women being uh, weaker negotiators, on average, of course. Again, not every woman. Some women are... Very, very strong negotiators, but on average, women are weak, weaker negotiators. They tend to push out uh, that anchor, mm -hmm. that first bid yes. for salary, much lower than men yes. do. Okay. Now, uh, you know, there's some interesting academic studies about that 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 show that that kind of break. 
But uh, one of the articles I was reading did point to uh, a separate study that shows that that takes place later. So men and women are entering the workplace with no gender gap or with minimal, like much lower. I could see that. And then over the course of their careers, the the gap widens. Mm. Uh, which again, that's 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 tricky because right. then again, is it they're weaker negotiators or is it that uh, management is less inclined to, to give a higher them. salary to promote them faster? Yes. I think that that would be true, and we could even see that if we look at the statistics between those who have been promoted who are male and those mm. who've been been promoted with equivalent background and are female. Um, and we see that when we look at the CEOs across America. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and again, there is a, there's a time lag. Because, yes. you know, how long does That's it so take true. to go from the mailroom to CEO? Yes. You know, 30, 40 years. Right. Um, and the people who are probably doing the promoting are are still, like, in that in that mind frame of male, male and female roles are different. Mm. Well, and, and, and like I say, that, you know, with that, that time lag, too. And, 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 and let's assume for a moment that the world, that actually all gender biases when it comes to promotion and hiring have gone away. Mm-hmm. That we, we actually exist in a world where none of those exist. But they did. They, they only went away recently. So mm-hmm. let's say they went away, like, again, flipping a light switch. We flipped the light switch at the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, magically, Y2K made everyone gender neutral. Right. Um, again, the people, the the top tier of the CEO structure, those are people who entered the workforce in 1980. Yes. When there was gender gap, so you're, right. there's going to be a timeline. So even if you did flip that switch, it's going to take 40 years to cycle the old blood out. Right. And bring in and and see that equality. And again, yes. the problem with using that as a explanation or I mean to more to the point a justification mm-hmm. of is it comes off as me me telling you hey Deja stop pushing for this right. it'll all work out right. incremental change exactly and again the other the, the point that um, I've you know you you uh, often get when uh, uh, from uh, groups that are are you know, again, doesn't matter gender, racial uh, groups that are pushing for this change. When they get to get given the hand wave answer of incremental change, mm-hmm. is yes, but uh, it won't continue to be incremental change unless I'm out here protesting. Exactly. Like in, if I shut up, no more progress gets it's made. Like, it's only uh, by continuing. Don't you see that this is how incremental <laughs> yeah. change works? Me if fighting. Only by continuing to, fight, to push. Yes. <laughs> Do we actually get yes. continue to get those little increments ticking up? Yes. And so, like again, it is, and 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 I think it is. You know, people people don't like to think of themselves as sexist or racist, yeah. even if again society has subconsciously kind of built that that in. And so, when they get accused of that, they get incredibly defensive because again, up here in the frontal lobe, they're like, I don't have any biases against you know women Mm. i don't i don't feel that i don't value them less but again you know like the 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 actions that they take Mm -hmm. 
you know, there there is a trend in there. Exactly. And so it, it's tricky because simply just calling out the problem really just gets people deed up mm. against making any progress. Exactly. And, you know, again, I hate, you know, you, you hate to, for, again, the, the women of America who are angry about this and justifiably should be. You don't want to go to them and say, well, again, you can't be so confrontational because you're yeah. just going to make men defensive and we need to treat everyone like delicate snowflakes. Right. There, are, there are a lot of people who like believe, even women, who believe that women as manager is a bad thing because, oh, like she's going to be, you know, she's going to have an attitude. Yeah. She's, I don't know. I th- I feel like people take... A woman being in charge differently than they do a man being in charge because, um, and I've seen studies on this where I don't want to be like that one guy like there another study, yeah, though, but like another study. <laughs> where like this, but this like study of a name and an author. Uh, I wish I had it in front of me so right, I could right, tell right. you, but um, I've seen a study studies that said that show that when um, a woman said something and a man said the same exact thing when the woman said it it wasn't taken as seriously or um well and right now there's the the thing going viral around facebook of the manager and the uh, male manager and a female employee and the male manager or maybe i'm mixing this up no i think yeah he he was above her but they use they used like a pooled email account and he started pushing out emails um to clients accidentally using her uh, letterhead or not letterhead uh, signature yeah. block. Oh yeah, okay, and that's easy to do. Started <laughs> getting pushback oh. from the clients, like not normal. And then once he figured it out, he switched it back to his name, oh. and all of a sudden the clients turned very cooperative. Oh wow, that is interesting. And and again, it's, it's I mean that's to, believable though. Well, no, exactly. If you look at the trend lines, it would be easy to again give the hand wave and say incremental change. You know, we're heading the right direction. All the lines are pointing up. Yes. Uh, so let's not worry about it. Let's just let that play out. And there's a degree to which, like I say, if 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 it's societal factors that are the root cause of this, that you do you 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 can't forcibly remove those. You, yes. you kind of have to just let them die. Um, and how long that takes is tricky. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, like I said, we talked about there can be market shocks uh, where again, let's say the nature of the u.s economy radically changes over the course of the next 50 years yes well if women aren't teed up uh to be prepared for that change to the same degree men are you're going to see the trend lines dip down yes Uh, exactly problem is i don't know as if we can predict with any degree of accuracy (laughs) you know but we we are definitely experiencing a shock right now hmm. um because I feel like most jobs now you have to anything that is that pays well you have to know a degree of technology and even programming mm-hmm. um, so this is definitely a shock yeah and and you know the the I mean the answer may be like if and and, and the, like I say there is a chance that the kind the, the problem sorts itself out just because 
Yeah. If programming becomes that predominant, and again, mm-hmm. like I say, we're picking on programming it, mm-hmm. it, just as an example. Right. Uh, programming becomes that predominant. It becomes the dominant source of jobs in the U.S. economy. You have to imagine, well, uh, you would expect that 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 ability that skill set that knowledge is going to start getting incorporated in at, again like the grade school level yes but and, and so women would start to get exposure to it because right now yeah. the problem is really if you want to be good at that you have to go to college for it yeah. which means you need to opt into it yes. you need to consciously choose i'm going to I, I find this interesting i'm going to dedicate four years of my life to learning it and if societal factors keep telling women programming is not really a, a feminine right. job, they're not going to pick they're, they're those not majors. Going to. Yes. But if programming were to be part of the elementary school curriculum, yes. then everyone would get exposure to it. Exactly. And women who have a natural inclination towards it would have that chance to say, oh my God, I really like doing this and I want to keep doing this. Uh, so I mean, so it, it would, ha- but it would have to be the elementary level on a public scale. Like it has to be a na- public custom. And I think that's something tangible that we could definitely address. Yeah. Um. If if we were to go that route, I think it would help a lot. But it would ha- it would have to be elementary school because in high school, if you leave it for a high school level, um, type of decision, then. In high school, for the most part, we can pick our classes yep. in most high schools, you know. Well, and, and you by high school, you're already either in an honors track yes. or a P track. Exactly. Or, you know, and, and so you're already starting to divide. D- div- yes, exactly. So there, there's a great chance that even at a high school level, women will, will choose not to pick a programming class. Yeah. And, and, well, because by high school, it's already been, again, subconsciously ingrained. That right. That's just not a feminine thing to do. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, it would have to be early on, and and like I say, that that something like that, and again, this is all based on the assumption that Deja and I have completely accurately predicted the future of the U.S. economy. <laughs> so take it. Take, if, take, we we have to we have to think about this in twenty years. <laughs> t- t- take it with a grain of salt. Take it with take it with a whole can of Morton salt. That that we've successfully predicted that because we probably haven't. And and again that but that. You know, if that were the case, that would come about regardless of concerns for gender inequality. Yes. Like, that would just be integrated in as first grade curriculum because, like, whatever your gender, if you want a good job, you better know how to program. Yes. And we're going to plug that in, not out of concern for the gender gap, but out of concern for setting our children up for success in the future. And weirdly, the problem gets, or, the, you know, assuming that. That is a major root cause. Mm-hmm. The problem gets solved without a a direct overt push right. to solve the problem. Exactly. Um, and I think, and that, I, I feel like people would have less of a problem with that approach because I feel like a lot of the um, the pushback with the whole idea of the difference in thinking about the way gender gap is mm-hmm. has to deal with people being uncomfortable with the idea of getting rid of gender um what do you say what am i trying to say like the way genders are different naturally i think people have a a problem with that as well so i feel like if we like if we do let's say push for changing the way we educate children at that age i don't think that has anything to do with 
um, you know, fighting that idea. Yeah. I, I, and, and again, there, there would be kind of a fantastic irony if the gender gap gets solved by steps made in no way directly attributing to the gender gap. Exactly, exactly. Like, just one day, all of a sudden, the gap shrinks, and no, nobody can figure out why. Yeah. Education uh, is key. But, no, and, and so, you know, you get you also, uh, you know, and, and it, I, like I say, I think it all goes back to the same root cause. Uh, but, and, you know, another symptom you see in the country is, again, the idea of... Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll create an umbrella for the whole concept uh, by, by referring to it as the maternity concept of, you know, uh, as, as uh, you know, people, you know, uh, men and women go to work, get into relationships, get married, have kids. All right. There's the, the societal norm is to say, okay, you've had kids. Someone needs to stay home with the kids. Mm-hmm. That's the wife's job. Yeah. And again, consciously, we all go, well, no, it, you know, it's a 50-50 flip. It's kind of whoever wants to do it or it should be a decision made by who's got the, the you know, the higher income or who's got the, the better prospects for advancement and the husband and wife sit down run anal- you know scientific analyses of of these figure out who's going to be the better one to leave their job yes. to stay home and take care of children mm-hmm. and at that point make a cost benefit decision well i just thought of another thing um going back going into what you're saying i think another reason a decision like that would be made is because um we do we do see a um a wage gap overtly being enforced in a way because um, men generally are paid more mm-hmm. because it it that that societal norm persists. Yeah. Because people think that oh that man is going to need this money because he needs to take care of his family. Well, and and you you also run into the argument that well we don't want to pay women as much because they are more likely to leave the workplace to again engage in in care of their their families yes and engage in child care yes. of course that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy right right because when it comes time to make that decision the woman is earning less exactly and there and, and but again and then she's and then she wants to move out anyway because yeah. she's making less but, my husband's making more why not just leave yeah but like i said it's another one of those i think subconscious societal constructs that we mm-hmm. just naturally kind of think uh you know again you know rightly or wrongly yeah. that the role of you know uh care provider to children mm. would would of course be the wife it would yes. always be the female but there's so many there are so many it's not right because no. just because um well the t- changing dynamics of family mm. we haven't taken that into consideration yet either yeah um because the divorce rate is rising Single parenthood is on the rise too. Um, well, and, so that that really affects so much. Well, and again, even in the model of a, a perfect nuclear family, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, would you see, you know, if, if, again, if we did did this mass experiment where, you know, you, you got two and a half kids, half of them are being cared for directly by the mother with the father working, and half of them are being cared for directly by the father while the mother uh, is the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Um, would you see a, any real, noticeable, statistically significant divergence between the quality of upbringing? Right. And I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I don't either. think you would. A father is just as good as a, 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 as a mother at bringing up children. But, but essentially, both parents will really be there regardless, you yeah. know? But, you know, on that day-to-day level, yes, making yes. lunches in the morning, True. I don't think it would really, you wouldn't notice a major difference. The yes. problem is it's somewhere in the, again, back in the brainstem. Right. That, no, no, the the, the father would be terrible at that. And right. It's got to be the mother. It's got right. to be the mother. Uh, and like I say, that's, that's the societal norm that exists, whether it's spoken or unspoken, but it's out there in the, in the ether. And, you know, that's one of those ideas that kind of has to die before you're going to see that gap close. Because, you know, one one cause they point to uh, or that is often pointed to in studies and op-eds and things like that is that that, well, women just make less because they tend to exit the work uh, force, you know, upon having children. Right. But again, that's not a cause. That's a symptom. Yes. That, that, that's, that, 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 that's pointing us towards the cause, but it's not the causal factor itself. Exactly. Um, and again, you know, unfortunately, it leads us back to this place of the, co- the root cause being our concept. The, the con- yeah, the, the norms that we conceive based on our society and that's really hard to change. It's really hard mm-hmm. to affect. And you really only see change in that over a very extended period of time, um, which gets us back to, well, let's not worry about it because incremental change will take care of that, except yes. it won't unless we right. actually keep actively pushing the issue. Exactly. So, uh, no, and then, uh, yes. uh, let's see. Oh, oh no, and then also one of, one of the factors that I, I thought was interesting and, and, and unfortunately will not take us to any more solid ground on the issue is, um, uh, I guess, to, to describe the factor or the symptom, I'm, I'm going to use a term and then I'm going to explain the term. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call this one a desire for lower wage jobs. Now, that um, makes it sound like women go, I want to make less. Yeah. No. Yes. The types of jobs women are, uh, now, again, you can phrase this one of two ways, uh, are women are drawn to or probably more likely women are pushed to. Yes. By. Quote, unquote, drawn to. By societal norms. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, again, tend to be lower lower earning jobs yes. so again men uh, you know boys growing up or or you know uh adolescents in you know entering college males are pushed towards hey you're interested in medicine you should be a doctor mm-hmm. and females who with the same interest set are said hey you're interested in medicine you should be a nurse right and um, 
So right there, that that is causing, you know, that that would factors like that would certainly cause a, an unintentional wage gap. Yes. Because doctors make more than nurses. Exactly. Uh, you know, a, a, you know, male shows an interest in the law. Hey, you should be a lawyer. Female shows interest in the law. Hey, you should be a paralegal. Yeah. Uh, Just well, do, you know, all, organize all his work for him, do all the research. Yeah. And, um, wrap it up in a package and have him present it. And, and again, <laughs> that's the, your role. The, the, you know, tricky part of that is like, like again, really that, that concept is being pushed by society at large. Yes. Again, and, and very much on a subconscious level. But for the example, let's say, Every student goes to a, a guidance counselor, right. and that's the person. There's a single source saying, hey, you like this, you should go, you should shoot for this job. You like this, you should shoot for that job. So this, this guidance counselor who is representing all the societal norms mm-hmm. out there that, that get pushed on that subconscious level, like I say, he, he, he is engaging in that, that gender divide. Of, yes. you know, yeah, you know, w- women make good nurses, right. and the tricky thing about it is, again, he's not doing it maliciously. Well, he's not doing it like I need to make sure women are always making less. It's they're honestly trying to help. Yes, they're honestly trying you to know, say, "Hey, I think you would find this career very fulfilling." Yes, the disconnect is that there there shouldn't be that divide. Yes, hey, you're interested in medicine. And really, like, you know, because I, I have plenty of friends who are both doctors and nurses. The real question should be, hey, you're interested in medicine. Do you want to do the more um, intricate but detached thing? Like, you know, right. be a surgeon where, yeah, you're, you know, messing around. You're, you know, messing around with veins and arteries and tying thing. You know, doing very intricate work, but really never, almost never dealing with the patient. Exactly. Like you're dealing with the patient like a cadaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to say, you know, doctors don't care, but like, <laughs> no, they, the doctors I know tend to always want to treat patients. Uh, in this sort of detached, objective nature. Yes. Because if you get too emotionally wrapped up in it, it becomes hard to function in your job. Yeah. Or do you want to engage, you know, find fulfillment in medicine by doing that one-on-one interpersonal engagement? Right. And I think if it's, you know, put that way, you're going to have, I would like to believe that statistically speaking everything would average out and you'd have right. women you know plenty of women who are like no I'd much rather be the hotshot surgeon and deal with patients as just a bunch of muscles and tissues connected to each other that I get to play around with and you'd have plenty of men going no nah, you know I really want to actually get to know the patient and 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 deal with them on a personal level day to day and you'd get again market equilibrium mm-hmm. You'd have more males diverging who might have been pushed to being doctors who really don't want to be doctors because right. uh, they're the uh, they're they're the to to use a very outdated reference they're the Noah Wiley 
uh, character from ER who gets way too, <laughs> who cares way too much. Uh, and you'd have more women who are pushed away from that interpersonal contact because yes. they're like, no, again, I want to yeah, be, really like I want to be the one standing over the body with the scalpel, right. you know, doing, doing the actual work. I think we should really. Uh, well, um, uh, just a quick shout out to oh, nurses. When I say actual work, I'm not belittling your yeah, yes, you, you Do, yes. doing the actual physical health care versus the more bedside manner health care both right. of which are equally important not putting down uh rns or anything like that <laughs> uh but no like, like i say when put that way when given that choice i really think you would see again equilibrium yes. uh achieved because it's it's not assuming that, hey, you're a woman, you're going to be a better nurse. Exactly. It's, what's your personality? You know, yes. and, and again. And you, that's what we should look toward. And I think, I agree completely. And I think that speaks to the greater scheme of how, what we think um, the nature is of a man versus what we think the nature is of a woman. You know, um, men are often seen as being, having that, like you were saying, detached nature where, um they only want to deal with whatever they have to deal with and that that's it and women are often seen as the more intricate detailed personality and that may not necessarily be true you know well and 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 i i mean statistical averages should point us to that uh, yeah there is no difference so as you know whatever the percentage of men are out there who are you know, more detached objective versus the the number of men who are, or the percentage of men who are, um, you know, caring. Uh, I'm trying to think of the terminology to create that. You know, detached objective, connected, yes. uh, caring, or you know yes. that kind of thing. That those ratios would be the exact same for women, right? Or near enough, right? You know, like no statistical significance between the two. Yeah. So maybe we should push people to be themselves rather than what we want to mold them into. And 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 again, if 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 you were to if, if we could do that, I you know you're still going to get societal pulls. Mm-hmm. You're still going to get those old markers of of societal norms pulling at people. But if you, I think, if you deal with people on that again human level rather right. than gender stereotype level yes you'll get enough of of a push towards true equilibrium that those old societal markers can really start dying and and fading away into yes. the past and again <laughs> unfortunately that like i said it's nothing you can really make a law right. about you know congress can't just craft a piece of legislation you know, passing something like the the ERA, uh, the Equal Rights Amendment, wouldn't solve that problem. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it it you know it would certainly be uh, a uh, milestone, a you know an indicator of a desire for a push towards that equality, but it's not actually going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, attack that that root cause we've been talking about this whole episode mm-hmm. which is that again the, the 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 way we conceive of what normal is in society yes. is still got a gender bias to yeah, it yeah. and but you know i think it helps to have this discussion mm-hmm. like every discussion counts because it helps you unpack what's underneath all of that 
and um, you get to listen and see other people's point of view who can basically point out things that maybe you don't see yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, I hope that, you know, uh, you know, men uh, who might be, again, subconsciously engaging in this, in, in the kinds of, uh, and, and you know what, I'm going to qualify it. I'm going to call them quasi-discriminatory practices. Because, mm-hmm. again, they're not that malice of intent to it. It's just there. Right. Uh, might listen to this episode and go, oh man, I, I actually do that. Yes, and, yes. and again, I you know I don't clearly don't mean to, and I really do feel you know, consciously that women should be equal. But yeah, I fall into that trap sometimes. Yeah, and may make a conscious effort to not, and that women listening to this who are are justifiably angry at the quasi discriminatory practices yes. that that are out there might hear this and go, oh man, you know, again, yeah. Yeah, it, it's terrible, and we do need to fix this problem, but, you know, people aren't necessarily doing this because they're out to get yes, women. Yes. They're, or they're out they're to even, subjugate women. There are even women who don't believe it and yeah, yeah. can't relate, you know? And I think that it's important for them to hear the conversation because, hey, maybe you are a woman who doesn't, who's not really focused on any of the you don't really listen to the societal norms anyway so you you're an investment banker and yeah. you don't really you don't you can't relate I, to this I, I don't know what you're talking about yes, I make exactly. mid six figures yes. it's like oh okay well that's great for you that is great and and you're you're picking up the the top end of the average yes. here you're bringing the average up but you know you are not the and and again you know we've talked about this on the show before one of the things I think people fail to recognize is that when economists talk, we talk in in the idea of average. Yes. So when when an economist says, you know, pe- people make a certain salary, and if you make more or less than that, and you're like, that doesn't make sense. I make more or less than what they're saying. The economist is saying on average. So we're taking all 325 million people in the country combining them together dividing by the number and creating an average and and we economists do that because you can tell a lot comparing shifts in averages mm-hmm. if, if we do everything anecdotally it's it's just kind of a mess but if you create an average and then take that average every year for 30 years you yes. can you can get a trend line exactly. and see are things going up or are things going down and that's where you know, real economic analysis starts from is is we're gonna have a, a starting point, and usually the best point to look at is the average. Uh, so, yeah, if you're listening to this show and going, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I make six hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Uh, I'm not, you know, there's no gender gap. You are the outlier. <laughs> yeah, you are an outlier. And again, hey, good for you. Like, yes, six, that's great. Six hundred fifty thousand. I you. <laughs> you must have a really nice apartment, a really nice car. <laughs> Um, but 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 again you know the 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 averages are are what they are and and there there is very much a difference and like i say unfortunately i think you know yeah each kind of theory uh we we unpacked here is it keeps coming back to that root cause of like you know we we have this kind of ghost of society past the mm-hmm. the uh, you know the ghost of june cleaver from leave it to beaver is still out there and ever present in yes. our minds 
and and affecting a, a affecting you know outcomes in modern society without us really realize consciously realizing it and that sorry ladies that really sucks because <laughs> if it were just a conspiracy of men trying to actively suppress your wages that's really much easier to fix like you can make some laws make some arrests uh, kick some people out of their positions and we achieve market equilibrium. Yes. When you're dealing with, yeah, the ghost of June Cleaver, like, again, aside from the unfortunate hand wave of incremental change, <laughs> I don't know how you, you know, uh, exercise that ghost. Yes. Uh, I it's, mean... It's tricky. We're gonna We're going to have to really work around using, like, um, non-conventional... Mm. Um, not so tangible solutions and we have to change enough minds and well that's that's really the thing is how do you incite how do you change those markers in society you got to get 60 70 80 percent of society to start doing things differently Mm -hmm. Uh, again if most of society started buying their you know four or five year old daughters legos well, and again, unfortunately, you won't see results for 30 years, but yeah, 30 yeah. years later, you might actually see a massive uptick in female mathematicians, female right. scientists, you know. Um, you know what I like that I saw? This just made mm-hmm. me think of this. Um, Barbie is now a programmer. She's a computer programmer, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> does, uh, when, when, when you pull the string at the back of her, does she say condescending things about your inability to know how your computer works? I have no idea, but I saw a cartoon the other day. My nephew was watching this, by the way. He was watching Barbie as a computer programmer nice. because well, he likes programming. So well, and again, that's, that, that, you know, that, that may be, you know, it's not, I wouldn't call it a victory, but it's a start. Yes. And and again, you start hitting that at an early age. So you, artists, you can help. <laughs> yeah. No. Again, you just have to. Um, and and uh, you know, I I don't think you need to push any square pegs and round holes for this. You yes. just have to say, hey, I, again, why would it be weird that Barbie? That aver, you know, Barbie. There, there's every version of Barbie imaginable. Yes. Why would it be completely out of the realm of possibility for us to make a computer programmer Barbie? Like again, if there's Malibu Barbie and President Barbie and Doctor Barbie and all of these, why is computer programmer weird? Yeah. And it's not. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's, and again, it's it just like you know the, I think the the the. Uh, uh, unfortunate but effective model to look for is that of the tobacco companies hook them while they're young <laughs> and, and you got to get the you got to get, well, get the message out uh or you, you got to start uh, uh changing those societal norms at the at the earliest possible level and mm-hmm. the thing is you know it's an uphill battle because they are societal norms right and right. for better or worse they exist as they are um but you know it's and 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 again i think you know we came to it is that you know when you are dealing with a person you know thinking about their future you you have to deal with them as the person that they are not the gender they are and Mm -hmm. that that seems like 
ridiculously simplistic. Yes, but yes. <laughs> honest, honestly, I think if, if you sit down and think about it, you'd be surprised at how much, again, on a subconscious level, you do treat them like the gender they are mm-hmm. rather than the person they are. Right. Without thinking about it, without, again, without even wanting to. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you can be incredibly cognizant of this issue and still fall into those traps. Yep. I, again, you can sit here and go, yeah, it'd be great if my, you know, if my wife made more than me and then have that become reality and still have it eat at you a little bit. <laughs> no matter how, you know, consciously you know that it's not really a problem and it's not, uh, you know, uh, a something you should feel insecure about. Yeah, you know, it's still, still there. It's still there. Um, and hopefully that will decrease and that trends continue and incremental change solves all problems yes. but i you know i do think you you know again incremental change can't be the hand wave right of, like, oh well it's solved you know again we're moving in the right direction yes again the only way you continue to move in the right direction is to keep making it an issue yeah it's about continuing to try different things and finding a solution uh, all right. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts? Uh, otherwise, we can start uh, bringing it in for a landing here. No, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's, I, honestly, I think we covered a lot honestly, here. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't want to pat my uh, pat ourselves too much on the back, but I think that's probably the best discussion I've heard on this topic oh, at that's all. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, in in your. Uh, you know, research for the show or just, you know, even prior to that, any books, articles, uh, authors uh, that stood out for you that you think people might want to check out? Mm, I wish I had that list right in front of me. I'm, <laughs> I'm so bad with remembering names of things that I read. That's, well, that's my weakness. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, you can uh, text uh, when you uh, look at the list, you can text it to me and I'll put it in the show notes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I will show. do that. Uh, but no, I mean, there, you know, I kind of picked some of the more oversimplified arguments, but there's a lot of interesting articles about this, especially in the academic uh, arena. A lot of economists uh, gravitate towards this because it's one of those, it's, it's a weird problem. Yes. And, it, and it's a difficult one to solve and it's a difficult one to quantify, which means if you could ever successfully create a universal theory of gender gap, you're probably going to get a Nobel Prize out of the deal. So, uh, you know, there is a, an ever-increasing amount of literature out there. And, and uh, you know, again, if you're not familiar with economic, academic writing, well, what a lot of it is, is not shooting for a universal theory, but trying to create a, a formula that either works or doesn't. And even if it doesn't, you can tell a lot from that. And throwing it up against the wall and going, okay, this tells me this, and this may mm-hmm. seem trivial, but if principle, or, you know, if there are universal principles to this, then, you know, my study of women in the um, welding industry may have ties back to the, the macro to the the greater whole so mm-hmm. yeah if you're 
searching through you know uh, the the academic papers on on Google for this and see some stuff where you're like that's weirdly specific. Yes. Give it a read anyway. Uh, <laughs> again, that's usually what economists are shooting for. Is right. I can prove this in the micro. Maybe it's state it, it holds holds true in the macro. Yes. Um, but yeah, again, it's a subject, it's one of those popular subjects out there, which is awesome because it means a lot of data is being compiled, a lot of analysis is, you know, you're getting a lot of focus on it right now. Because, yeah, it's it, honestly, from, from an objective standard, you look at it and go, yeah, I don't know why, what is this 23 cents? Where, mm-hmm. where is it missing? And trying to get that equation that, brings in all the variables to say okay of the 23 cent gap 10 cents of it are accounted for by this two cents are accounted for by this three cents, you know i think that that's right that would be the end goal of the you know subject of economics would be to create that pie chart right with the divided 23 cent mm-hmm. wedge and go these are the factors this is that what will fill it in then yep. we're going to fill all of it in and if you could pick three factors that fill that in what would you pick well, I, I think it is, uh, and, and again, you know, as we talked about, the these aren't causes but symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, but breaking it out at the, the symptom level, because I think it all goes back to that societal uh, concept, but I think it's women uh, tend to be pushed towards lower paying jobs, mm-hmm. uh, again, in, in whether it's from their family, guidance counselors, society at large when women say i have an interest in x subject the you know the helpful recommendation from whoever they're talking to is always towards the version of that subject that pays less Mm -hmm. i think you do have again uh the 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 maternity problem that Mm -hmm. it is it is whether spoken or unspoken it's just expected um on that subconscious level that when a couple has children, the woman is going to stay home. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I don't think that's done with malice of forethought. That's mm-hmm. just, it's ingrained. And then, you know, as a third factor, um, I think, I think it is, and I, I'd call it the negotiations problem. Cause I mm-hmm. think it swings the door on that one swings both ways is that, mm-hmm. Women, again, the economic studies show very compelling data that women drop that first anchor point in a negotiation much lower than Mm. than men do. Uh, But I I don't think you can heap it entirely on the woman asking for the raise or negotiating the, the, the better benefits. I think it's also, you gotta flip that 180 degrees to the other side of the negotiations table and I think there is, again, subconscious biases mm-hmm. that drive, that, that will cause the, the person they're negotiating with to try to push them for a lower salary mm-hmm. or, a, you know, a lower bump or, you know, whatever it may be they're negotiating over. Mm-hmm. And I, to, yeah, to me, those, those seem like three that would fill in a lot of that pie. I don't yes, know. Did, yes. I, did I miss any that uh, you think? No. Well, I, I could think of think of it in a different way, like three things that would fill in that pie 
that are solutions mm. more so. Like those are like I wasn't saying I'm not saying that what you said, right? oh, yeah. but like just like like direct solutions. I would say the three I would think of are like education, mm. activism, and discussion. Mm. So education, in a sense, what we're saying, putting that STEM 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 rooted education in like um, countrywide public education in the primary school age. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. the earlier we can get all kids interested in programming, that that's how we could really see who who really gravitates to what, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that would solve a lot. And I think that also education gives people the opportunity to, um, to build that cognitive skill that helps them think beyond societal norms mm-hmm. too as well, you know? Um, so education in that sense. And then activism, um, artists, um, toy makers, anybody like can, who could, um, like for example, artists, you can make Barbie a programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, toy makers can make like um, more ju- gender neutral toys and see where that goes. Um, well, well, and again, even just, you know, yeah, programmer Barbie. But when you push out programmer Barbie, don't push it out like it's, oh, isn't this strange? Yeah, yeah, is, exactly. Is, isn't this, aren't we so, you know, ahead of our time? Yes, here? yes. No, yes. just push it out because, yeah, because Barbie's everything else. Right. Why not? Right. Why not that too? Or like the cartoon Doc McStuffins. She was a doctor, mm. but she was a little girl, mm. you know, like um, things like that. Like you can that I think that's a form of activism that we need to see more because it's not it's not overt. It's more like it's more just changing, changing that norm on your own without permission. Well, well I think I think it is. It's that softer influence. Of yes. it, of it's not saying, hey you have to push your five-year-old daughter towards becoming a doctor or you can't push your five-year-old daughter or your uh, let's say 18-year-old daughter who's interested in medicine and just so happens to be more interested in the direct personal care provider you you can't let her be a nurse she has to be you know yes that's much softer in that Again, Doc McStuffins may seem trivial, but it exposes an idea that, yes. well, a little girl, but a girl can be a doctor mm-hmm. uh, at a very early age. And so later on in life, both boys and girls who watch that show, when they see a lady doctor, they're not like, they're not like what is this? Yeah, right. What, is this some like, sort of prank? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it's like yeah, of course, you know, you know, she's a doctor, not because she's a female, or he's a doctor, not because he's a male. They're doctors because they happen to be really good in med school. Yes. Uh, or they put in the time and money into med school, right. and were good enough to to pass, and now they're doctors. Exactly. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just kind of uh, you know taking the. Uh, the funk of weirdness away mm-hmm. from again the the gender norms yes and just saying yeah you know uh it's it's it wouldn't be weird to see a female cop uh or a female firefighter right just in the same way it wouldn't be weird to see a male kindergarten teacher or yes it goes the other way too yeah yes. it, it stop or a pigeon, male administ- it's yeah, administration stop pigeonholing men into you know the the masculine job because yeah we really 
we didn't we didn't take cut it in that other direction direction, uh, because it does cut both ways you know uh, but uh, oh and then your third one um so i said education activists oh in discussion um what what we're doing now i feel like um you're not going to change anyone's mind and this is what we really need so so much to change people's minds about the issue but um you're not going to change anyone's mind unless you have a discussion um and really help people unpack what's underneath um these deeply rooted thoughts well and 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 you know in in the course of having those discussions uh it may and it may not you know like i say there are there are extreme cases where this isn't going to help but i think it may Mm -hmm. generally help to give give the other side the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. that again you know you know when when you're pushing for uh you know if, whether it's women pushing for you know equi- equity and pay trying to at least in, in, until until you it's demonstrated otherwise until, until that case is proven otherwise kind of keep in your mind that yeah my, you know my boss may be offering me less as a raise but i don't think he's doing it to be to you know to subjugate my gender mm-hmm. i think you know like i say this stuff is just kind of subconscious floating around right. and so discussion goes both ways yeah, it's, it it's, can help it's not both it, it, see. It, it's not it, it's not an enemy you know uh or an, an antagonistic like, like i say i think most people engaging in these kinds of biases aren't doing it maliciously yes because uh, they they're probably only seeing it from their well and then again flip that and you know men who are you know watching uh, you know the the well just the uh, other week uh the day without women protests Mm -hmm. and you saw the react the vitriol and some of the reaction of no again these women are not trying to take your job away from you (laughs) they're not trying to force you into a subjugated position in society they're not again the, the women aren't trying to flip the dynamic to mm-hmm. put women on top and men on the bottom mm-hmm. they're striving for equity yes and we really no, no one should really have a problem with equity yes. but you see that in every fight for equity yeah. um the uh, the party who i guess is being anta- antagonized in a sense feels like you just want their spot well because you know they go into that fallacy of thinking of it as a zero-sum game Mm -hmm. in order for women to gain ground men would have to lose it yes and the fact of the matter is that's not the case exactly (laughs) it really isn't and so you know you you know you know to to men out there who you know like say may have that kind of defensive tug in the back of their minds every time they see women protesting for equal pay or equal mm-hmm. treatment or you know whatever you know kind of take a moment and see it from their point of view mm-hmm. if you were get, being paid on average 77 cents to the <laughs> to, to the dollar you'd be you know setting fire to you know uh uh you know buildings downtown and starting riots because mm-hmm. how how dare you pay right. me if all of a sudden cents. tomorrow it switched. Let's see what happens. Oh yeah, men, there would be a men, men would be taken to the streets. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it'd be mass hysteria. And so, you know, kind of uh, try 
to to empathize that yeah, yeah no I'd be pretty pissed off too yeah. and again I you know I please you know it, this is men generally saying you know please ladies believe us you know we're, we're not doing this intentionally mm-hmm. I, I certainly wouldn't intentionally do this mm-hmm. but you know also accept that level of culpability that it is you know no matter how woke you might be <laughs> you just didn't want to use that I word, hate that word. It, it, again it just it, it it i love the sentiment behind it but it it appeared in the zeitgeist and like within five minutes became abused like, and overused. yes that's what it is I'm oh woke. god um <laughs> But yeah, no, you know, no, no matter no matter how uh, I guess uh, you know consciously desirous of equity, I guess woke's a lot easier to say than that. <laughs> yes, um, no one wants to say that. But, <laughs> We're just woke. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, you you might be. You probably still have you know construct societal constructs at the back of your brain that that are tugging you towards gender inequality mm-hmm. and and again it doesn't make you a bad person um but the, i think the goal should be is to to be as aware of that those um old ideas as you possibly can be because again the tricky thing with subconscious things Mm -hmm. is you by definition you can't really be aware of them but uh, as aware as possible and and kind of you know just head on a swivel looking for yourself falling into those traps Mm -hmm. probably not going to catch it every time but you know you 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 may uh, help contribute towards uh, you know a better outcome yes and and again agreed so so deja you're getting incremental change get <laughs> off my back <laughs> see we're, we're having a discussion a yeah. man and a woman about gender um <laughs> but as i like say great yeah great show deja thanks yes. for being on thank and, you for uh, having me like i say uh, we i'm sure this will be a topic we wind up revisiting yes. from time to time. You're always welcome to come on. and Or uh, if you've got any other uh, topics you want to talk about. Okay, I will let you know. And I'm very happy that you had me on here yeah. today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been another episode of OK. Let me tell you why you're wrong. And uh, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, talk to you then. Bye. <laughs>